Welcome to the Power Trends Podcast, produced by the New York Independent System Operator, where we discuss energy planning, public policy, and other issues affecting New York's power grid. Welcome back to the Power Trends Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Lanahan, Vice President of External Affairs and Corporate Communications at the New York ISO. Today, we welcome back Emily Nelson, Executive Vice President here at the New York ISO. This is her second appearance on our Power Trends podcast. Emily's background began in power generation after she earned a bachelor's in science in mechanical engineering from Tufts and an MBA from Pace University. She went into the power generation business and then joined the New York ISO about 20 years ago. She served here in a number of capacities before becoming executive vice president in 2019. And she now oversees system planning, IT, market structures, and helps with our efforts to address the rapidly evolving power grid. And that's going to be our focus today. Emily was recently named to the Power Generation Advisory Panel under the Climate Action Council, which is charged with drafting a scoping plan mandated by the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act of 2019. Emily, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Kevin. I'm glad to be back. So, Emily, we want to focus on the Climate Action Council and your role on the Power Generation Advisory Panel. For those that uh, may not be familiar with either, please bring us up to speed on that work so far and, and your role specifically. Sure, I'd be happy to. The Climate Action Council was called for under the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, or the CLCPA. And this group has a significant task of producing a plan that will result in a power grid that operates on 70% renewable energy by 2030 and zero emissions by 2040. The council has 22 members and six advisory panels representing different sectors of New York's energy economy. I was named to the Power Generation Advisory Panel along with representatives from environmental groups, labor, and others. And let me add that as a lifelong New Yorker, it's been an honor and it's certainly an opportunity for me to give back to the state in a way that I'm very proud to do. Our charge is to recommend solutions to the Climate Action Council, along with relevant impacts, costs, deployment issues, and climate justice outcomes. The focus here is to ensure that we are successful in achieving the goals of the CLCPA. The grid planning effort at New York ISO is a forward-looking, data-driven cycle that considers multiple uh, models, multiple spans of time, and a myriad of evolving scenarios. As such, participating in the Power Generation Advisory Panel to the Climate Action Council is an appropriate role for me specifically and for the New York ISO organizationally. This is core to what we do and has been a core function to powering the state for the past 20 years. So the the Climate Action Council's responsibilities are great here and the New York State statute that uh, sets forth these goals. You mentioned the 2030 and the 2040 goals are are often regarded as the most aggressive renewable investment and carbon emissions reduction program in the state. So let's put this into context. In other words, in your opinion, how far do we have to go in order to get to these goals? What's What's involved? 
this is a significant effort, Kevin. Uh, it's absolutely correct that this is called sometimes a moonshot goal. To put this into context, New York's grid load is currently around 27% renewable. We need to push that number all the way to 70% in just 10 years, and that is now the law. We at the NISO examined the 70 by 30 scenario in a recent climate study and identified potential reliability gaps involved with the scenario. These are challenges that we can work to address. Fortunately, we have an incredibly powerful tool we can leverage in our wholesale markets. The role that competitive markets can play in preserving reliability by incenting behaviors that do that is something that really can't be overstated because it's something that exists today and has worked for a very long time and will be a necessary tool for us to achieve these goals. Currently, wholesale energy markets function largely based on supply and demand of power generation and the meeting of certain public policy goals. The desired outcome has evolved. Although reliable power is a must and consumer costs remain a concern, we don't just want any power. In New York, we want power from renewables. In order to provide all of these things, we need the markets to evolve as well. Because renewable energy is largely intermittent, and because the CLCPA calls for the phase out of fossil by 2040, we need new and different incentives in our markets to manage reliability across this range of conditions. For example, a number of studies, ours included, show that being able to manage through sustained periods when the wind stops or there is cloud cover reducing solar power will be a particular challenge. And this is seasonal in nature as well. When we consider the goals of the CLCPA, we need to layer this challenge onto a transformation of the transportation and building sectors to rely on electricity to a greater extent. And ultimately, we will need to manage a much different system than we have today. What we see as being very important to meeting this challenge is incenting resources with flexibility. There are numerous market products we have created, ways for different resources to participate. A recent change that we made in August is to allow energy storage participation in our markets. We need to be able to call on suppliers that are there exactly where and when we need them to provide energy to help us manage transmission security, to provide things such as voltage support, and overall to maintain system frequency in order to reliably integrate and maximize the amount of renewables we have on the grid. There is no one single thing, there is no simple answer or magic that will provide grid reliability. It's a system that is based on the laws of physics and supported by market mechanisms working in concert that provide this reliability. What people need to know is that the system must function together. To disable one aspect of it creates risk to that reliability, something we've seen begin to play out in other areas of the country. The third leg of this tool that you're speaking about that supports the reliability of the grid ensures that public policy and reliability needs are, are met together is transmission. We've focused on transmission here in recent years and made some progress. There's constraints in upstate New York with transmission and we have to get those electrons, those green electrons, much of it wind um, and hydro and upstate across the transmission system downstate. We've 
created this phrase that's almost become commonplace in the industry now, the tale of two grids, to describe the congestion from upstate to downstate and illustrate the need for investment. Can you detail for us some of the progress we've made in trying to address this issue? I'd be happy to, Kevin. Within the Power Generation Advisory Panel, which is developing a set of recommendations for the Climate Action Council, we've identified this topic under a broad category known as energy delivery. And as you framed up, certainly transmission is a very significant component of ensuring that energy can be delivered to customers. We complete a number of studies to evaluate how the transmission system can expand. And we see the need for increased interface capability to improve the transfer of power across the state, as you mentioned, to address what we've called the tale of two grids. We also see it as being very important to manage renewable pockets, places where there is a significant build-out of renewable anticipated, and it needs to be able to access the transmission grid. To put it simply, we examine all of these factors that play out across the system, and we think it's important to report on areas of congestion. This is a very big deal in this state. We have plenty of renewable and clean power upstate, but we need to get this power downstate where the bulk of the energy is consumed. And currently, when you look at the downstate energy profile, it's predominantly fossil-based. Within the NISO, we've identified transmission projects that will help alleviate the highest areas of congestion, and they have to meet all kinds of requirements in terms of costs so that the long-term benefits align with the overall costs. We are very proud of our work to help inform areas of transmission build-out that will help support public policy. This work is already underway and has resulted in two of the largest transmission enhancement projects in the state's history. And it's really gratifying to see that to fruition. There is a trade-off that needs to be considered to achieve the CLCPA. A combination of resource build-out and transmission will be needed ultimately to successfully meet the mandates. Emily, let's focus on one technology specifically, and that's storage, which is largely considered instrumental and very important to getting to these goals and, and addressing the intermittency of a future grid. Absolutely. So energy storage is part of the solution of how to transform the power grid. We are very interested in seeing how this technology evolves. We're interested in seeing more of it on the system. The value of energy storage is that it can charge during periods where otherwise uh, the loads on the system are quite low. And it, in particular, the promise is that it can charge when the wind is blowing, the sun is shining, and then shift the production of that power to times when the demand uh, let's say in the evening in New York City is greater. So this is an important part of the solution. Another consideration for us is how the technology will evolve. One of the needs that we see on the system is a sustained need for energy production on demand. 
And so as battery technology begins to be able to operate for longer durations, that will be a powerful resource for us to manage the grid. As a system operator and a market administrator, it's really important that the NISO enable new technologies, but we don't have the luxury of focusing on a single technology. We strongly believe that in order to achieve these mandates, we are going to need to see a variety of technologies and innovation bear fruition and allow us to have all of the tools that are necessary to meet the reliability objective that we absolutely have to serve for New York. So Emily, this information can be a lot to digest for anybody, let alone those that uh, may not be familiar with a lot of the industry terms and subjects. And we are doing our best to provide a lot of this information to the council and to your panel. Where's the best place for people to learn more and to dive deeper into these topics? Great question, Kevin. We have put together a short guide. It's about 12 pages and it breaks down the work that the New York ISO is doing as it aligns with the scoping plan that the Climate Action Council is producing. We've really tried to make it digestible in human speak so that it can provide the most value. This paper is available on our website, uh, www.niso.com. And let me just offer as well that I hope everyone considers the NISO to be a resource. There is quite a bit to do. I know it is a daunting challenge, but it is something that I and all of my colleagues spend every day thinking about and working on. So please consider the NISO a resource that is available to answer any questions that you may have. Emily, thanks again for joining us as always. Very interesting, fun, and, uh, and also inspiring. Thanks for taking the time with us today. And once again, you can find more information about the initiatives discussed in this episode at www.niso.com. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, the New York Independent System Operator, NISO for short, is responsible for reliably managing New York's power grid and energy markets and providing independent data to policymakers and the public. For more independent info, please visit the NISO blog at www.nyiso.com blog. 